Welcome to Life Lessons and Law with LaShonda. I'm your host, LaShonda Council Rogers. In each episode, we have authentic and entertaining conversations about the impact of the law on women. You can find this show on my website, www.thecouncilfirm.com, and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Now, please join me in Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. And today we have attorney Angel Burgess. How are you, Angel? Hello, I'm doing great. I hope you are. Yes, I am doing well now that you are here. So I don't want to waste any of our time. Let's just jump in. So you are a Social Security disability attorney here in Georgia. So tell us what that all means, what you do and your ideal client and all that other good stuff. Okay. Well, um, as you said, social security disability, that is my area of practice. That's my specialty. Um, And what it is, is a federal program that um, is available to adults and children that have disabilities. And what the program provides is it provides um, a monthly check. So you've got some financial support and it also provides health insurance. So those are two key issues that individuals with disabilities have. They want to make sure that you have money to pay your bills, have a roof over your head, and that you're able to get to doctors so that you can get the treatment that you need. So the great thing about Social Security Disability, um, again, is because it's a federal law and because the benefits are federal, even though my office is located uh, right outside of Atlanta in Marietta, Georgia, I am able to service clients across the country. So I help everyone, no matter where you live, um, as long as you meet the requirements for disability, and that's adults and children. Oh, well, I am glad you clarified that because the entire world, well, the entire U.S. needs to know about how fabulous you are. So you said as long as you qualify, what are some of the qualifiers for disability? Disability. So it depends um, whether you're an adult or a child. So I'll start with adults. With adults, Social Security is looking to see whether you have conditions, and that could be physical, that could be mental, it could be both, whether those conditions are so severe that they prevent you from being able to work full time. Okay. So, and, and what they'll do is they'll look at medical records, they'll look at all of the evidence that shows that you're having symptoms and that those symptoms are impacting your life to a significant degree. So that's the requirements for adults. So even if you have a disability, if you're still able to work full time, then you're not going to qualify for Social Security disability. But if it's keeping you, the disability or disabilities are keeping you from working, then as an adult, that is something that you want to look into. You want to call me so that we can talk about your situation and figure out whether you will qualify for disability. Now, children are... Different. The rules are completely different for children because, you know, typically children don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Social Security looks at for children is they look to see 
whether the conditions that the child has is so severe that it keeps them from performing in an age appropriate way. So they'll look at children that don't have disabilities of the same age to compare you to. And they will see, okay, based off of the fact that this child, let's just say for an example, has autism. I was about and, to ask you, I was, yes. that was gonna be my example, okay. So if the child has autism and has, you know, requires a lot of reinforcement in class, support, maybe requires a paraprofessional, um, maybe there's some behavioral issues. So they're gonna look at all of the challenges that that child has and there is an expectation that a child the same age can perform in a certain way. And they've got those expectations laid out, you know, kind of broadly, but they're laid out for, let's say, a 10 year old. And they expect that a 10 year old that doesn't have disabilities would be able to, you know, communicate their needs appropriately, ask for help, that they can sit and they can focus and they can listen in class and not distract their peers. So they'll look at things like that, comparing, you know, your child to other children, same age to decide whether they qualify for disability. Also as a child though, um, besides the medical qualifications, there is a financial um, requirement. And okay. for children's disability, they're looking at the family's income, the household income and assets. And so you have to have, um, you know, a low level of income and assets in order for your child to apply for disability or to qualify for disability. So again, you know, if you're a family and you've got a child with disabilities, give me a call and I'll be happy to, you know, look over things, talk to you, explain what the requirements are and see if your child qualifies. So many things to unpack here. So first thing with a child, does it have to be a permanent disability? Could it be something that's maybe a temporary impairment that potentially the child will grow out of? And if so, is there like a, let's come back and reevaluate this process for children and maybe even for adults? Yes, so that's a great question. Um, for children or adults, doesn't matter, either one. The expectation is that the disability or the conditions are going to be so severe that they're expected to last at least one year. Okay. So if it's expected to last at least one year or more, then you can qualify for disability. Uh, there is no short-term disability, temporary disability, or partial disability. So if something happens like you break your leg and you're out of work for six weeks, you can't get disability benefits from Social Security for that because, you know, they're expecting that within six weeks, you'll be able to recover and you get back to work. So for people that do qualify for disability and let's say they get approved, there is a what they call continuing disability review. Mm -hmm. So Social Security is going to check back on you <laughs> and they're going to make sure that you still meet the requirements. Um, and that can be anywhere from, you know, a year after you get approved to, to seven years. So somewhere okay. between a year and seven years, they are going to reach back out to you and they're going to say, hey, we're just checking in. We want to get some medical updates from you and we want to make sure that you are still disabled. Okay. So with regard to the disability, is there a particular panel of doctor that has to um, 
basically certify that you you have this disability or could it be your own family doctor or someone that you know and that may know your medical history? Yes, so there is no specific panel. Um, what Social Security is looking for is actually they like to see what your treating doctor, you know, what your family physician, what your specialist, whoever you get treatment from, they want to review records from that individual to see, okay, what are the diagnoses? What are the symptoms that this individual is reporting? And, you know, do we have any indication of how the symptoms, how severe they are? Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting. So I know, um, although we want to live in this ideal world where everyone is good and great and does the right thing, but have you encountered people who would come to you that really aren't disabled? They're basically trying to prove a disability and they're not disabled. How do you handle that type of situation? You know, I've been doing this for disability uh, okay. for 12 years now. Uh-huh. Over the last 12 years, I spent all my time, you know, just immersed in social security disability. And I've never had a client that I felt came to me and was um, trying to defraud the system. Gotcha. Now, we see things on TV, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes it seem <laughs> like there is this <laughs> rampant fraud going on and people are just, They're trying to fool the government. They're trying to get benefits. And the incidence of actual fraud in disability cases is extremely low, like Mm 2%. I mean, it is so low that, um, you know, the media to some degree has made it seem much bigger than it is. Now, I do have, you know, every client that's ever come to me has a disability. Okay. Well, I've never had somebody come to me and say, you know, I, um, you know, I've got bipolar disorder and they don't. Mm-hmm. So they always have a disability. The question okay. is, how severe is the disability? Okay. And that's where we rely on what do the medical records say? What are your doctors saying about it? What are you telling your doctors? Mm-hmm. And if it looks like you're telling your doctor, hey, I'm doing great. Medication working, you know, I I feel great. Then you and I will have a discussion about that. You know, (laughs) it's important that if you are putting, you know, if you're going to Social Security and you're saying, I can't work, I can't do this, I can't do that, then your records should reflect that. And if they're not, you know, you need to know that. And and maybe you need to just do some, some soul searching. Um, to figure out, okay, what's really going on with me? Is it that I can't work or is it that maybe I'm just not able to find a job? If that's the case, then I'm going to point you to some resources to help you find a job. Mm -hmm. So we want to present cases to Social Security of people that are not able to work and that should meet the requirements. That 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 is so nice the way you put that you said i'm going to point you into the in the direction for what needs to happen now i know that from time to time um i'll get calls from people who are interested in social security disability and obviously i send them your way but they'll say well i got denied Mm -hmm. i got denied what are some common reasons 
that people, when they try to do their own application, which I'm like, hint, hint, folks, let's not do that. Just call Angel. She can do this for you. What are some things that people do to pretty much tank their their disability case? So there are a few things. Um, You know, first, in all fairness, I do want to say that when you apply for disability, you know, Social Security keeps up with statistics. And I'm, I'm a big statistics girl. Like, I, right. I I like to look at the numbers because, you know, the numbers are what the numbers are. We can't yeah. change that. Um, but statistically speaking, roughly 25 to 33% of people that apply are going to get approved the first time. Okay, okay, the first time. Okay. That's a fairly decent number in the grand scheme of things. I know it doesn't sound like much. It doesn't. But considering this process, it's fairly decent. You know, okay. 20, 33% of people are going to get approved, but the okay. vast majority are going to get a denial. So just because you got a denial doesn't mean you're not disabled. That's okay. why it's a process. And you have to continue with that process. You need to appeal. Mm-hmm. You don't just read your letter and then say, you know what? I must not be disabled. I'm just mm-hmm. going to not do anything. And that's what a lot of people do. So mm-hmm. you do not want to give up. If you believe that you are entitled to benefits, you have to keep fighting. So we file an appeal. And when we file an appeal, 90% of people are going to get denied. And Social Security mm-hmm. says, we were right the first time. You know, we looked at your case. We said you're not disabled. We're going to deny you again. So that happens 90% of the time when an appeal is filed. And then we were hearing in front of a judge. Okay. That's the level where most people are going to get approved is at the hearing level with the judge. And that is because your case. Well, let me just speak for my office. And what Um, you guys do. Yes. What we do at our office is we, first of all, make sure that your case, all the documents, all the medical records are there for the judge. We want a complete file for the judge to review. We want the judge to know everything that's been Mm -hmm. going on. The judge also takes a look at all of the prior denials. Okay. The judge gets to make an independent decision. We get to talk to the judge. So my client and I prepare for hearings. We go over the evidence. You know, I make sure that my client knows this is what your doctor's saying. You know, let's talk about this. Help me to understand what's going on with you. I prepare briefs for every single case for every single client, which lays out legal theories that the judge gets in advance of the hearing. And it also summarizes the medical evidence for the judge. So it makes it easy that, you know, if the judge only had two minutes to look at your case, they can look at my brief and see exactly what's been going on with you for the entire time and why we feel that Social Security's rules apply to you. And then you, my client, you get to testify, you get to explain but you walk into the hearing knowing what to expect from the judge, knowing what the purpose of the hearing is, you know, just knowing the entire um, order of things and how the hearings work. So we get you ready and we okay. make sure that you are prepared to answer even those really hard questions. 
You know, sometimes there are things in our records that, you know, decisions that have been made that weren't the best. Right. And I get you prepared so that you can explain it, that you're truthful, but it doesn't catch you off guard. Um, and so that's the important thing is knowing what the evidence is, even there, if there's bad evidence and being able to explain your side of things. Mm hmm. Wow. So I know you mentioned for children that there is an income threshold. What about for adults? So for adults, there are two disability programs. So under the kind of umbrella of disability, there's SSI mm -hmm. and there is SSDI. So SSDI is the workers program. That's the program where, you know, if you work for an employer, Every time you get paid, you look at your paycheck, you see FICA on there, FICA. Mm -hmm. Part of the money that you're paying involuntarily, so you don't get a choice. Right. Um, part of the money that you're paying to FICA goes to fund your retirement so that you can get retirement benefits. But it also goes to fund the disability program so that if you become disabled, you can draw a monthly paycheck. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the SSDI program. There are no income thresholds for SSDI. Okay. A multimillionaire, as long as you're disabled, you will get benefits. The other disability program is SSI. And so SSI is also what children would be applying for. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so SSI is essentially like, it's like a welfare program for people mm -hmm. that have limited income and assets and are disabled. So typically with SSI for adults, you may not have worked enough to qualify for SSDI, mm -hmm. but you're still disabled. So mm -hmm. you can still draw benefits under SSI, even though maybe you've never worked and you're 30 years old, mm -hmm. but you're disabled. So as long as you meet the income threshold for SSI, then you can receive disability benefits. So speaking of benefits, mm -hmm. what are the benefits? For instance, I know it's monetary, but how is it calculated mm -hmm. per, for each person? So SSI is, there's a fixed federal benefit amount, um, okay. which is $914. And that changes each year. So is that per month? That's per month. Okay. Not a lot of money. No. Not a lot of money no, no, um, no. and that amount can that's the maximum that you can get under the federal program now there are some states that have additional supplements that you can get um, in terms of money georgia's not one of them okay. um, but that's the maximum however if you are receiving any sort of income like let's say you're working part-time okay. your ssi is going to be reduced depending on how much you make for work. If you're receiving child support, if you're receiving any other income, then your SSI payments can be reduced. If you're living with someone and you're not paying rent, then they're going to reduce your SSI by one third each month. So one third, why one third? I mean, so because it's, it's basically a welfare program, they want to make sure that you are not being um, subsidized by anyone else. So okay. you're not cared for. So if you're living with somebody else, then guess what? If you're not paying rent, 
then they are subsidizing you. They are paying your rent for you. So Social Security says, mm -hmm. if somebody else is paying your bills, then we are going to reduce the amount of money that we give you in SSI. Um, and particularly where rent, rent is concerned, it's one third that they are taking out of that 914 wow. if you're not paying rent. So, so how, how, wait, hold on. So how do they verify that? How do they determine, okay, you're living with someone, does your name have to be on a lease or? Yes. Yes. Okay. Your name needs to be on a lease or if there's not a lease, there needs to be a rental agreement, um, which shows that you have an obligation to pay rent. And you have to be paying the fair market value. It can't okay. be, well, I'm paying $20 a month, you know, to my mom for rent. It needs to be that you are paying the reasonable value of rent to rent a room in your area or whatever it is that you're renting. Um, so yeah. you have to provide documentation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So SSI, the, the rules are strict for SSI. Okay. Um, so if you get an inheritance, um, then that can knock you out of eligibility for SSI. If you're in a car accident, yes, you get that can mm -hmm. knock you out of eligibility for SSI. Um, yes. So typically the maximum, if you're single, $2,000 per month is the most that you can have in income and assets. And if you're married, typically the maximum is $3,000. Um, now, with being married, it depends on how many other children you have that are minors, mm -hmm. things of that nature. But that gives you an idea that they do not allow you to have much in order to qualify for SSI. Yes, because that comes up quite often in some of my personal injury cases. And we have to, you know, play, play it the right way right. to make sure that the clients are benefiting but they're not getting themselves in trouble either. Um, right. So assuming someone was on SSI and they decided, okay, your income is a little too much. Can you then appeal that portion of the determination at a, some later date? Say you don't have that money anymore. How does that So work? Yes. So what you would do um, really with SSI is if you're somebody like, let's say you work, you need to be reporting your income every month because your SSI is going to change depending on how much money you make. And so you want to make sure that you are upfront with Social Security so that they don't come back later and say, oops, we overpaid you. You owe us $10,000. Pay us in 30 days. Um, 30, so you days. Want to be, ah. 30 days is what those letters say. They give you 30 days. Um, so you want to make sure that you are absolutely compliant with them. But if something happens, like let's say you get a settlement from a car accident and you right. get $5,000, right? Mm -hmm. Then what's going to happen is you're going to report that to Social Security. Mm -hmm. And as long as you have that $5,000, you're not going to get your SSI. Right. However, surely you have bills, you have mm -hmm. um, other things, other needs that you have. And they allow you to spend down the money. Right. As long as you're spending it, you know, on yourself and you're spending it on things that you need. You can't give it away. You can't ask right. your cousin to hold the money for you. So you can spend down the money and then regain your eligibility. You can certainly right. do 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what happens with most of our clients. They'll, mm-hmm. well, depending on the size of the settlement, right. they can't, they're just done with social security, um, SSI because of the amount, but there's others that, yeah, they'll spend it down mm-hmm. and then they I'll go back. And, right. right. Whatever you yeah. need to do. But that is completely different than SSDI and right. the amount of money that you get. So for SSDI, the amount of money that you get each month is going to depend on how much you paid in with those FICA taxes. Or if you were self-employed, then it's SECA, the SECA taxes. Um, so it depends on how much you paid in. I think the average payment for SSDI is around $1,300 a month. Um, but again, it depends on how much you paid in. So if you are a higher wage earner, mm-hmm. then your SSID, SSDI payment could be $3,200 a month. Gotcha. So it just depends on what you put in. Um, and everybody on SSDI is going to get a different amount because it's based off of their own contributions. And so mm-hmm. Social Security uses a special formula to figure out how much you would get. Um, excuse me, essentially what it equates to for SSDI is what your retirement amount would be. Okay. Treat you like you've already retired. It just doesn't come out of the retirement pot. It comes out of the disability pot, but that's how you're paid. Wow. That is so interesting. I'm telling you, you have to juggle a lot, but you make this happen for your clients every day. So that's amazing. So tell me what what drew you to Social Security in this practice area? So I have always been drawn to working with people that I felt were underserved, underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kind of first love for working with underserved or underrepresented populations was working with the elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, starting out in high school and I had envisioned this career for myself where I was going to be a doctor and I was only going to work with elderly patients. It's going to be a a geriatrician. And so I worked in retirement homes. I um, worked in assisted living facilities and I just really grew to love, you know, working with people and just, you know, just kind of advocating for them. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I learned, number one, I'm a pretty good advocate, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> and I really enjoyed it, you know, but I also learned that I enjoyed working with not just the elderly. I enjoyed working with anyone that I mm-hmm. felt, you know, was not getting what they deserved and sure. what they needed. Um, and so that just drew me to working with the disabled and disabled populations because you know disability of one family member in fact affects the entire family it does for life Mm -hmm. and so it just um it's just so important to me to make sure that people number one know about resources they know what's available to you they know it's available to their families and that they're able to access those resources so i have just that's just been my focus, you know, for, for many years. And I just love working with people of all ages, um, with any type of, any type of condition. So 
whether it's physical, whether it's it's uh, mental health, any type of condition that is impacting your life and that is causing challenges in your life, then that's what I do. I want to work with you to help you to get the resources that you need. Okay, so as far as if there's someone who wanted to work with you, how do you do your fees? Is it a contingency practice or how does that work? So Social Security regulates the payment of fees to Social Security disability attorneys. So I like to say that we are very special as Social Security disability attorneys in many ways. Yeah. Um, And one of those ways is that our clients do not have to pay us to represent them, not up front anyway. Mm -hmm. Social Security says that as attorneys, we have to, if we want to get paid, we have to win for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that a lot of, you know, with your personal injury work, yeah. That's win, how we right? do. Yeah. You have to win. But not only do we have to win the cases for our clients, we have to make sure that our clients are entitled to back pay or past due benefits. Okay. We do both of those things to get paid. Hmm. And if our clients are entitled to back pay, Social Security pays us directly out of our client's back pay. Okay. And they will pay us 25% of our client's back pay with a maximum payment of $7,200. Okay. Okay. And so let me give you a scenario in which the back pay would come into play. Because this process tends to be long to get disability, um, Social Security, ultimately, when they find that you're disabled, they are going to decide when your disability began. Okay. Most cases, you know, the average case, if you go to a hearing, will take you about two years. Oh, wow. um, Which is a long time because you have to go through, you have to go through the process, get those denials, wait for a hearing. So that's about a two year long process. Over that two year period, you have accrued back pay. And so security is then going to owe you a lump sum of money once they decide that you're disabled, as long as they agree that you became disabled, you know, before you filed for benefits. Sure, sure. In case they do. So they will pay us out of that pot of back pay that they owe to the client. We do not get any payment for your ongoing benefits. It's okay. just for your So it's a one-time payment to your attorney. And so that's why it is in your best interest to hire an attorney. Sure. An attorney is going to take your case if they don't think they can win and if they don't think that they can get you back pay. So to me, it's a win-win situation for clients. Sure. Um, because you don't have to worry about somebody taking advantage of you, snatching right. your money and saying, oh, sorry, we can't help you. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. Um, and unfortunately, our time is up already and we didn't even get to because I was I wanted to know, OK, so what do you do for fun? What do you do for this? So we're going we're gonna to have to have you come back. Absolutely. Do part two. Okay. But Angel, how can the listeners, the viewers find you? So you can contact me um, on my website, which is www.disabilityhelpline.com. 
helpline.com. You can call my office, um, 770-422-8111. I'm on Facebook at uh, Burgess and Christensen. I'm on Instagram, Burgess and Christensen. So you can, you can find me pretty much everywhere <laughs> online. Um, and you can reach out to my office. We will take a look at your case. Um, we'll talk to you. you know, we'll let you know if we think we can help. If there are things that you know we think that you need in order to prove your case, we'll tell you that too. So we'll we'll give you an honest assessment of where we think things stand for you. Okay. So before I I have to get in, tell us about disability really quickly before we have to log off. Okay. So I've got a podcast um, called the Disability with T E A at the end, um, and the purpose of the Disability pro- podcast is to provide resources to okay. families of individuals with disabilities, to other professionals um, such as yourself, so that you know everyone knows about things that are available to people in the community, um, other types of attorneys that you're going to need um, mm-hmm. if you have a child with disabilities. Um, you know, resources about finding jobs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just all sorts of resources we focus on, and I interview some, you know, dynamic guests. Um, You have been a guest on my podcast and talked to us about (laughs) injury and talking accidents. And and the idea is just to make sure that our community knows where to go Mm -hmm. um, and how to plan for the things that are going to pop up in life um, as they're navigating through life. Oh, wow. This has been amazing, and I wish we had more time. But everyone, don't be discouraged. If you're denied, call Angel and her team. They will get a professional opinion before you give up because you could be missing out on benefits that you are entitled to. And as Angel, Attorney Burgess said, that if when they win, you it's no money out of your pocket, upfront money out of your pocket. So it's a win-win situation. So you do not want to miss the opportunity to get the benefits that you deserve. So until next time, I'm LaShonda Council Rogers, and you've been enjoying Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda, and I will see you next time. You've been tuning into Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. In each episode, we have authentic and entertaining conversations about the impact of the law on women. I hope you'll join me each time. You can find this show on my website at www.thecouncilfirm.com and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We appreciate your positive comments and reviews. And don't forget to share this show with others. I've been your host, LaShonda Council Rogers. 